Olin Zellweger, you are officially an Anaheim Duck. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I've been covering hockey for a while. I'm also the public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And thank goodness that there are no Firebirds games this week. In case you couldn't tell from the previous episode, I'm a bit under the weather. So we're going to try to keep this one. Uh, This is going to be another very short episode. But it's going to be all about one person mostly and one person only. And that is Olin Zellweger, who made his NHL debut Tuesday night against the Buffalo Sabres. And I've been clamoring for this for a long time. I've been a big fan of Olin Zellweger's since he made his American Hockey League debut at Toyota Arena a couple seasons ago in the playoffs. I still think he should have played more than the one playoff game, but that's neither here nor there. Now that he is finally an Anaheim Duck, we can actually break down his one game with the Anaheim Ducks. But before we get to that, I just want to talk about how he got here. Olin Zellweger has been playing in juniors for the past five seasons because keep in mind, there was that one weird year where um, the panorama or the pandemic happened where he was at Everett. And then there was that massive trade from Everett to Kamloops. Remember that trade where there were 10 draft picks involved? That's a lot of draft picks, folks. So yeah, that was last season. Before he was traded, in that season so far, he had 28 points in 23 games. Pretty good. But Everett wasn't going to go far as far as playoffs were concerned. Then the Kamloops Blazers. He had 52 points in 32 games. He was the best defenseman by far on the team. He was the defenseman of the week, of the month, of the year. Olin Zellweger was really owning it. And then in the playoffs, he turned it up another notch, averaging more than two points per game. In 14 playoff games, he had 29 points. Let me repeat that. 29 points in 14 games. He's already well on his way. Now, I was a little bit surprised to see him not on the Ducks roster to start the season, But I understand that the Ducks have been bringing him up rather slowly over the past few seasons, which is fine. But I still think it's a little bit slower than I would have liked. I mean, he is is still 20 years old, but he is playing above his weight class. We saw this two years ago in World Juniors. We saw this last year in World Juniors. We saw this last year in Juniors. He was bludgeoning everybody. He was... A man among boys. That's how he played. Again, averaging over two points in the playoffs. That's insane. That's video game numbers. And even watching during the preseason this year, even getting an up-close look this year, I could tell that he is probably the fastest guy on the ice. One of the smoothest skaters that I've ever seen. And it was kind of weird hearing that 
oh, we're comparing Olin Zollweger to Jamie Drysdale. They talk about the trade. Look, Jamie Drysdale is a fantastic skater. He's a very smooth skater. And I've said on this podcast before that Olin Zollweger might be better. And you know what? I still believe that. I still believe that Olin Zollweger might be a better skater overall than Jamie Drysdale. And this is where I'm going to talk about just this season in general. Olin Zellweger so far with the San Diego goals, he kind of got off to a slow start, had a few errors here and there. As I mean, the goals had a slow start themselves, but Olin Zellweger had a few issues maybe the first month of the season. And not that I was doubting him, but I was kind of a little bit uneasy to say that the Ducks should call him up because he had gotten off to such a slow start. And was he was making rookie mistakes. Let, let's be honest here. But after about a month, he began to pick up his play a little bit. He was starting to get better transition defense. He was starting to have better puck possession. Even the skating looked a little bit better. So I don't know what was going on that first part of the season. But his skating all of a sudden just improved tenfold. So it could be something with the coaching staff in San Diego. It could be something he worked on but if you've been watching the San Diego goals all season and if you've been seeing his shifts yeah you could tell that there's a little bit extra in his strides this season this was very evident in a couple of games one that I saw up close against the Coachella Valley Firebirds and another game that he had I believe it was against I want to say Henderson no San Jose it was a game against San Jose where I was beginning to notice that he was breaking out a lot more and taking better care of the puck in the neutral zone and being much more responsible defensively. I know John Broadman and I have talked about this kind of on the side, how Zellweger would take risks. He would pinch a little bit too much for our tastes, and it was a little bit chaotic at times. But over the past month and a half, he has begun to channel that energy and began to really use that high hockey IQ to his advantage. And now we saw it in his NHL debut, which finally took place January 23rd. So just about Zellweger and this game in general. And by the way, this segment's going to go very long, so bear with me. Zellweger's transition defense was excellent on this game. He got back when he needed to. He was very careful at times about not taking too many risks on the 50-50 pucks. He got back on defense, which was good for the first two and a half periods because, you know, John Gibson was pitching a shutout at that point. And I think him being better defensively served the Ducks well in general because they can score goals. Like, they can score one or two goals. But the most important thing in a game like that against the Sabres is you want that bagel on the board. And you want to prevent high-quality shot opportunities for your opponent, which is what he did. And there was a couple of shifts in general in the first and second where he would get back and try to chase down a puck towards the defensive end. And he would get there at about the same time, or he would try to break up a play at about that same time and be successful at it. So the defense is there for Olin Zellweger. I think that's where I give him a slight advantage over Jimmy Drysdale 
is he is a little bit better defensively. Offensively, he does a very good job of skating fluidly, maybe a little more fluid than Jamie Drysdale. Let me explain. On the power play where he got his first NHL point, which, by the way, congrats, Olin. At the start of the power play, (coughs) he was starting to do something that I've only seen a couple of defensemen do. And he would go from high to low, low to high. Like, he would go towards the goal mouth with the puck with controlled possession and try to get a puck on net, which was a great play at the time. Now, that one did not go in, but that's fine. Then a little bit later on that power play, Zellweger would get the puck once again at the blue line, and I noticed that he was kind of scanning, 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 scanning around, looking for teammates. Okay, what's the best play? Well, he couldn't make a pass to his left because he had just come from there. Now, there was a switch off at that point. He could have passed to his left, but it would have been kind of a lateral pass. To his right, that was a little bit risky of a pass. So Zellweger had the patience to wait a couple more seconds to wait until there was a lane open right to the goal. No Buffalo players blocking. There was a slight screen in front of Uko Pekalukinen. And Zellweger just fired it towards the net. And a juicy rebound from Sam for Sam Carrick. So Carrick gets the goal. Batted out of midair. And Olin Zellweger, you've gotten your first point in the National Hockey League. So... Once again, big congratulations to Olin Zellweger getting his first point in the National Hockey League. All right, we're going to take a timeout here, first intermission, and we'll talk about the game in general. Stay locked in. Now a word from Indeed, and if you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, and using Indeed is so easy because they highlight the candidates that are right for you. Absolutely. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent first. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to episode number 815 of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. I can't believe that number 815 episodes of Locked on Anaheim Ducks on the audio side. Video, I don't really count because audio side, it's much more impressive. And yeah, I'll I'll just leave it at that. 815, not counting bonus episodes. So not counting draft specials or Christmas specials, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the game itself that took place against the Buffalo Sabres at the Ponda. This one was a great start for the Anaheim Ducks right away. Jakob Silverberg scored his third of the season on kind of a nice little tip play. 
Radko Gudis did have it from the point, and he just rifled one towards the net, and Jakob Silverberg got a perfect tip on it, changing the direction of the puck that made it one nothing Anaheim Ducks. Rest of the period, it was the John Gibson show. The Ducks were outshot in this one. Of course they were outshot in the first period. And John Gibson, he was magnificent. Pretty much all game, he was magnificent. Stopping shot after shot after shot. The Ducks did outshoot the Buffalo Sabres 19-6 in that second period. Part of it was the Ducks actually had some pretty solid power play time. And Olin Zellweger was a big part of that, as I mentioned previously. On the Sam Carrick goal, by the way, Troy Terry got the secondary assist. Olin got the primary, his first NHL point, and Sam Carrick bats it out of midair to get his seventh of the season on the power play. Hey, maybe the Ducks needed someone like Olin Zellweger to fix the power play. That, that could be, right? Can that be a thing, Ducks fans? Can we at least have some kind of positivity and say that Olin Zellweger is going to fix the power play? Can we? Can we? Give me the positivity. Give me that little bit of hope. I'll say that for now. Zellweger saves the power play. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ducks scored again. And that third goal for the Ducks is the definition of stupid goals, folks. The very definition of stupid goals. Buffalo has possession of the puck. They have clear possession. Connor Clifton is bringing the puck into the neutral zone. And I I say this jokingly, he somehow trips over the blue line. I, I don't know what happened here. I mean, the ice wasn't exactly in the best shape for this game. There was a couple of weird bounces here and there. A couple of guys were slipping where they shouldn't have slipped. And Connor Clifton, he just ate it. He just completely ate it on the blue line, fell forward, lost the puck. Mason McTavish picked up the loose change. All of a sudden, it's a two-on-one. McTavish and Sylphie. Mac unselfishly passes it to Sylphie, who just drills it. So already, Silverberg's fourth of the season, second of the game. Three-nothing Ducks. Silverberg has doubled his goal total in one game. How about them apples? And then after that, well, it was still all ducks the first part of that third period where John Gibson was stopping everything. And you know what? This was one of John Gibson's better games. The Ducks were out shooting the Sabres at that point before the goalie was pulled. And Gibby was on fire. He really was. He kept it a bagel for the most part. And then with about six minutes and change left, Buffalo decides, you know what? F this. I'm going to pull the goalie. So Uko Pekalukunen gets thrown to the bench. And the Ducks commit a penalty. Because of course they commit a penalty. Radko Gudis. An interference call to Jeff Skinner. All right. So all of a sudden... It's a six-on-four power play. What do you think's going to happen there about what you expect to happen? Greenway scored on the power play from Rasmus Dahlin and Dylan Cousins. And all of a sudden, it's a three-to-one game. Okay, I know I've talked about special teams in the recent past. I know I've had my gripes about the special teams for the Ducks. 
and it's totally founded here. I mean, the Ducks were kind of misaligned a little bit during that penalty kill. I mean, to be fair, it was a six on four, but they could have done a better job blocking lanes there, and they just kind of stood there and didn't really put any pressure on anyone near John Gibson. So, you know, it was a good power play, but also not the best penalty kill either. So three to one, Sabres. And then they pull Lukanen again. And with under three minutes left, Kyle Laposo brings it to within one. It's three to two. Uh, I'm not going to say John Gibson looks a little shaky because, you know, these were both man advantage goals for the Sabres. This is a big problem area for the Ducks. It has been for the last few seasons is they do not do well when the other team has a man advantage. When the Ducks are a man down, they seem to give up a lot more goals than other teams, and it reared its ugly head again. Luckily for the Ducks, those guys got tired in Buffalo's side. Adam Henrique had a very easy empty netter with about a minute left. Ducks win 4-2. John Gibson stops 28 of 30 shots. It's pretty good, folks. All right, we're going to head into the second admission and put a little bow on this one. We'll get to that on the other side. Now a word from Sleeper, and we're past the halfway point of the season, Ducks fans. Regardless of where the Ducks are in their current standings, I got to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. And it's not just fantasy hockey. You could play fantasy NFL, fantasy NBA, all on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether guys like McKinnon, who did well last game, or McDavid, or Kucherov will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, plus, minus, etc. in a given game. You can win 100 times your bet by correctly predicting 8-player stats. So, start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with J.D. Hernandez. We're going to wrap this one up quickly because, you know, starting to give a little bit. So I'm going to let you know what's coming up later this week. We are going to have a double header tomorrow on Thursday. It's Goals Thursday, so of course we're going to talk about the ramifications of losing Olin Zellweger from San Diego to Anaheim. We'll talk about the last few Goals games, including a great victory that the Goals had Tuesday night. So we're definitely going to talk about that, and we'll talk about some more Ducks stuff later on Thursday. And Friday is going to wrap up the week. So this is still five episodes of the season. But I I will tell you right now, I had pretty much no voice at all yesterday. Like, none. So, we'll have a doubleheader this week. Hope you all enjoy it. Alright, looking ahead for the Ducks, they've got three games left before the All-Star break. And speaking of the All-Star break, did you notice that the Chicago Blackhawks don't have a representative. Connor Bedard got hurt and was not replaced with someone from Chicago. 
It's not Ring of Bell, Ducks fans. Remember that? Remember? Oh, that's right. We've seen that in the recent past. But anyway, next three games. They play the Dallas Stars Thursday afternoon. So I think that's actually going to be what's going to happen is the doubleheader will take place one before the game, one after the game. So we'll have a postcast of sorts. And then we will wrap up the week on Friday. And maybe we'll have a bonus episode on Saturday or Sunday. Who knows? But we'll we'll see how this plays out. And then after the Ducks play at Minnesota Saturday, they will come back home Wednesday, January 31st, where they take on the San Jose Sharks in the battle for futility. That's what is coming up for this team. Then the All-Star break. I'm hopeful that they can win one of those games, but at this point, the Sharks are on a winning streak. The Ducks are not too far behind, or ahead rather, in the tank standings. And we'll talk much more about just the tank in general later on this month. So that's what's coming up. All right, I'm going to save my voice here. So again, I just want to thank you all for your support. I just want to thank you all for sticking with this. Really appreciate you guys. And hopefully the last episode that I did, I hope you guys all appreciated that one. Um, I really got it through that one, folks. Really did. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And it's free and available across all platforms. Also, check us out at Free on Amazon and SiriusXM. Check us out there. And once again, thank you all from the bottom of my heart for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.